this morning. We are continuing in this series that we've been doing this last several weeks called Church Sins. Everybody say Church Sins. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? It's like two words that don't seem to really go together, kind of like live recording or wireless cable or you know what I'm saying? Or maybe even like good vegetables, words that just... They just don't go together. you got to help me out a little bit because I'm running out of these kind of words. That's the best I got. But words that really just kind of don't seem to really go together. And yet the truth is they really do kind of go together. Because the truth is there really is such a thing as church sins. It's just that these are the kind of sins that we don't talk about very much in church. And maybe that's because they are kind of our own sins. And the truth is as Christians and as churchgoers, sometimes we're really good at pointing the finger at everybody else's sin. But we don't like it very much when people talk about our our own sin, and yet that's what we're doing in this series, and even though it is a little bit uncomfortable at times, we're talking about our own sins, and we've decided in this series what we're going to do is instead of looking out the window and pointing the finger at others, what we're going to do is we're going to look in the mirror, and we're going to point the finger at ourselves, and what we're going to do is just like Jesus said, instead of looking at the speck in somebody else's eyes, we're going to look at the big old plank that's coming out of our own eye, and we're going to yank the plank, so everybody say yank the plank. And we've been looking at this. That's a good one. All right. That's a good one. That just came to me just right there. I mean, I'm telling you what. What we've been doing is we've been looking at this, this powerful passage in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 20. And this has kind of been the passage that's just kind of driving us through, leading us through this series. And Paul is talking to a group of people. In fact, we've learned over this series that Paul is not just talking to anybody, but he's actually talking to church people. And he begins to mention some of these things that we're talking about. And he's already in this, in this letter, he's already talked about stuff like drunkenness and adultery and fornication and homosexuality and the stuff that we might call like the big sins but then he starts to bring it down and goes hey there's some other sins and some other stuff that I want you to deal with as well in verse number 20 he says for I'm afraid that when I come I won't like what I find and you won't like my response I'm afraid that I will find quarreling jealousy anger selfishness slander gossip arrogance and disorderly behavior. Here's the deal. Sometimes it's kind of like we have two lists. Like It's like we've got the list of sins that are not okay, which are like adultery and fornication and murder and drunkenness and all of those kinds of stuff. Those are like the not okay sins, but then sometimes it's kind of like we categorize them like we got the, you know, these might be okay sins like arrogance and gossip and slander and, and anger and things like that. And here's the deal is that, that all sins Sin is not okay. All sin leads us away from God. It causes us to miss the mark. All sin is destructive. And so we've got to decide that we're going to surrender all sins to God. That we're going to be the kind of church that Jesus said that he was looking for. A church that is without spot or blemish. And in this series, what we're doing is we're just imagining what that kind of church might look like. And in this, in this passage, we've just been kind of going down this list of these things that Paul 
Paul names out to the people in the church of Corinth. And we've looked at the first couple already. We've looked at quarreling. We've looked at jealousy. This morning we're going to look at this third one. We're going to talk about one that I think that all of us deal with at times. We're going to talk about anger. So everybody look at your neighbor and give them like a real mean face and just, just say anger. How many of you, let's, let's do a little survey here today. How many of you have been angry at something or someone maybe in the last month? Raise your hand. How many of you would say, I've been angry at something or someone in the last uh, week? Raise your hand. How many of you would say, in the last 24 hours? Raise your hand. Put them all down. How many would say, I'm mad at something right now? Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just angry, man. It's mad. I'm angry. And, and it's true, isn't it? Like every single one of us deal with this. I mean, maybe ladies, maybe you get angry because your husband leaves his dirty underwear on the floor. Or maybe you're angry at your husband because he doesn't put the seat down on the toilet. I can't figure out, ladies, why you don't just look before you sit down. But that's just a whole nother thing. I mean, you know, guys, maybe you get maybe you get angry at your at your spouse, at your at your wife. I mean, maybe it's because she steals your charger to your phone and doesn't put it back. That would never happen in our house. I'm just saying, that would never happen. I don't know. Maybe you get angry at traffic, or maybe because the fast food drive-through is not fast enough, or maybe it's the kids and they won't pick up their stuff, or they won't do their homework, or they're talking back, or they're not going to bed on time, or whatever it is. And there are a host of things that at times can make us just, I mean, incredibly angry. And here's the deal. I don't know what it is that makes you angry. I know some of the things that make me angry, but here's the, here's the deal. is we have to learn to deal with this emotion. It's an emotion that every single one of us feel at some time or another, and we are angry about all kinds of different things, but if we don't learn to deal with this emotion, learn to manage it, learn to, learn to work through it, learn where it comes from and what it does and how to correct it, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble, and it's going to cause all kinds of problems in our relationships and in our church and in our work and everywhere that we go. So this morning, we're going to talk about this one that we go, man, that's really not a big deal, but it is a big deal. We're going to talk about anger, and we're going to talk about three things. We're, going to, we're just going to ask three questions about anger. So if you're taking notes, you can write these things down this morning. The first one is this, what is the cause? Everybody say the cause. What is the cause of my anger? See, before you can learn to deal with anger, here's what you got to do. You got to learn to deal with why am I angry? Like, like, the last time you got angry, did you just even ask yourself, like, what is really causing me to be angry? What is, what is the underlying thing? Because here's what I know about anger, all right? Anger is always a secondary emotion. Anytime that you get angry, almost every single time, there will be something else that's maybe lying underneath the surface, and when you peel back the surface, you see the real issue. You know, when my, when my little girls, they were, they were really little. They were, you know, two or three years old. They used to like to, when it was time to go in and uh, tuck them in at night, what they would do is they would crawl under the covers, and they would pull the covers all the way over their head to kind of pretend like they weren't there, right? And so I would go in there, and they're trying to hide from me under the covers. And you can see this big old lump in the bed, right? And you can hear them giggling underneath the covers. But I would just go in and pretend like they weren't there. And so I would just go, oh, I'm 
I'm just so tired. I just need to lay down on this bed. And so I'd just lay down right on top of him. I'd be like, why is this bed so lumpy? It's time to get a new bed. Something's wrong with this thing. You'd hear him giggling and whatever. And then I would take the covers and I would pull back the covers to discover there they were underneath the covers. And that's how anger is sometimes. Like sometimes we get angry and it starts to bubble up like it starts to bump up in our lives and it's there and we can see it and everybody else can see it and and it's not until you pull back the covers that you really realize what is really causing me to feel this emotion of anger anger is a secondary emotion and it's caused by a whole lot of things there's no way that we could really hit all of the things that cause anger but I just want to mention a few of them and maybe you'll recognize these in your own life the first one is if you're taking notes is pain everybody say pain anybody ever hit yourself in the thumb with a hammer and then what happens get mad you know you throw the hammer across the room or whatever and, and why did you get why did you get mad? It's not the hammer's fault. What was it? What was it that caused you to be mad? It was the pain that hurts, and that became because of that pain. Then I became angry. And here's the deal: is that in our lives, sometimes it's physical pain that causes us anger, but more often it's emotional pain that will cause us anger. Like somebody said something. Somebody did something, someone hurt us, something happened that wasn't fair, and we're struggling with this unresolved pain that we might feel. Something happened in my life, and it may even be something from a long time ago. Sometimes it's even just the memory of that pain that begins to stir anger. How many of you know what I'm saying? Like, you can be going along through life, and everything is great, and then all of a sudden a song comes on on the radio that reminds you of something that happened five years ago that never really got resolved in your heart and in your mind and all of a sudden you can find yourself driving down the road after having everything is great and the song comes on and then you just find yourself mad anybody ever been there before what is that like this unresolved pain pain in our lives hurts and struggles and things that many times can can come to the surface in the form of Anger. Here's another one, frustration. Anybody ever been frustrated before? Come on, what happens when you get frustrated? Sometimes that frustration can come out in the form of anger. I mean, you ever just had one of those days, you know? Like, it's just one of those days. Nothing is going right. In fact, I read this to you before, but I like it. It's taken from a Florida newspaper, supposedly an actual thing. It says, a man was working on his motorcycle on his patio and his engine on the motorcycle, uh, and somehow the motorcycle slipped into gear, and the man still holding on to the handlebars was dragged through a, gla- a glass patio door and along with the motorcycle dumped onto the floor inside the house. The wife heard the crash and ran into the dining room and found her husband lying there on the floor. He was cut and he was bleeding. The motorcycle was laying right there next to him and the patio door was all shattered. The wife ran to the phone and she called the ambulance and because they lived on a fairly large hill, the wife went down the several flights of long steps to the street to direct the paramedics up to her husband. After the ambulance arrived and transported the husband to the hospital, the wife uprighted the motorcycle and pushed it outside. Seeing that gas had spilled onto the floor, the wife obtained some paper towels, blotted up the gasoline, and threw the towels in the toilet. 
the husband was treated at the hospital and was released to come home. Well, after he arrived home, he looked at the shattered patio door and the damage that was done to his motorcycle. He became so angry and so despondent that he went into the bathroom and sat on the toilet and smoked a cigarette. How many can see where this is going? After finishing the cigarette, he flipped it right between his legs into the toilet bowl while he was still seated. The wife was in the kitchen, heard a loud explosion, and her husband screaming. She ran into the bathroom and found her husband lying on the floor. His trousers had been blown away, and he was suffering burns on his backside and the back of his legs. The wife again ran to the phone and called for an ambulance. The same ambulance crew was dispatched, and the wife met them at the street. The paramedics loaded the husband onto the stretcher and and began carrying him onto the street. While they were going down the stairs to the street, accompanied by the wife, one of the paramedics asked the wife how the husband had burned himself. She told him what happened, and the paramedics started laughing so hard that one of them tipped the stretcher and dumped the man out, and he fell down the remaining steps and broke his arms. How many know that is a bad day? And sometimes here's what happens. Frustration happens. Like, I mean, it's nobody's fault, but it's just a bad day. Like the boss was in a bad mood or the kids wouldn't be quiet or stuff. I mean, just stuff happens. And here's what happens sometimes. When there's this kind of frustration in our lives, what happens? Sometimes it comes out in the form of anger. We yell at the kids and we kick the dog and we say Christian cuss words. Amen. Ecclesiastes says it like this in five, Ecclesiastes 5.16. As a man comes and so, so he departs, and what does he gain? Since his life is toiling for the wind, all his days he eats in darkness with great frustration, affliction, and anger. What causes us to be angry? Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's frustration. Number three, this is a big one. Now, I tell you, this is the big one for me. I'll just be honest. Sometimes it's fear. Fear many times will cause us to be angry. We think, well, those don't seem to go together, but they really do. Have you ever backed an animal into a corner? What happens when they feel trapped, when they feel afraid, when they feel vulnerable, when they feel like there's no way to get out? What happens is is the fear turns into anger and they lash out at you. And so many times that's what happens in our own lives as well. It's it's when when we yell at the kids or when we get mad at the wife or whenever we do all those things. What's the underlying thing that is causing that anger? Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's, it's that we feel trapped. We feel like I'm backed into a corner and there's no way for me to get out. There's nothing that I can do. And sometimes that fear begins to come out in the form of anger. When I'm worried about something at work or when I'm stressed about something financial or some kind of relationship. And so many times that begins to just, it begins to come out in the form of anger. Why are we, why are we angry? Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's frustration. Sometimes it's fear. The, the next one, sometimes it's discontentment. I know some people are just mad at the world. Anybody know anybody like that? 
Like just everything. Just some, I mean, they're just mad at everything and everybody. Just mad at the world. And when you really look at what's causing that, so many times behind that, it's this feeling of discontentment. It's like we, we have this idea like, what, like we're entitled, like the world owes us something. And so anytime something do, doesn't go my way, then I'm, then I'm angry or I, I'm mad. And it's all because of this discontentment and this sense of entitlement. Like I deserve better than this. And it begins to come out in the form of anger. In fact, the scripture talked about this in James chapter 4 and verse number 1. James says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that are at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. We talked about that last week. But you can't get it, so you what? So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. You don't know, uh, you don't have what you want but because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask God for it, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And you want only what gives you pleasure. Here's what James is saying. Here's the reason for this frustration. Here's the reason for this anger. Here's the reason for fights and quarrels and conflicts and jealousy and all of that kind of stuff. At the inner core of that is this discontentment in us. We think that I deserve more and we want what we can't have and we don't ask God for it because we know it's not really what he would want for us and we really only want it with the wrong motives and yet there's just this uh, this anger and this frustration because of this sense of discontentment deep down in our hearts. Can anybody relate to this? What is the cause of our anger? Number two, write this down if you're taking notes. Not only do we need to know and identify with the root and the cause of the anger, but I think it's important if we're really going to deal with anger for us to understand what is the cost. What is the cost of my anger? I'll tell you what the truth is. If we don't learn to properly deal with anger, it will cost us in a big way. In fact, if you're taking notes, write these down. The first one is this. Anger causes smart people to do stupid things. Anybody ever done something dumb because you were mad? (laughs) Later on, you look back and go, why did I do that, man? That was so stupid, right? You know, that's what the scripture says in Proverbs 14, verse 17. It says, a a quick-tempered man does foolish things. If we don't learn to... We don't learn to deal with our anger, to deal with our temper. We wind up doing dumb stuff. I, I've told you about this before, but I remember when I was about 16 years old, I had uh, my first car. It was a 1981 Mustang. I'm telling you, and not that you go, "Ooh, it really wasn't that cool." I'm telling you, it was. It was a four-cylinder with a four-speed, you know, manual transmission. Really, really wasn't that cool. Had rust on it and stuff, and. And I remember one time my dad was wanting me to do something, and man, I, was, I didn't want to do what he was telling me to do, and I was mad at my dad, and obviously I wasn't going to say anything to him, but man, I got in my car, and I revved that engine up, and it was like, wee, wee, because it was four-cylinder. It's, it's true. And I peeled out of the driveway, and man, I'm like, I'm so mad, I can't believe you're making me run this here. And I go from second gear to try to go into third gear, and I'm like, like that. And I shoved it right between first and third gear. Bent up, messed up all the transmission. It was like $800 to fix it. I go back to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, something's wrong with my car. And he's like... 
He's like, I know what's wrong with that car. You were mad. I know what you did. In fact, I paid for all 800 and something dollars of it as a 16-year-old. Quick-tempered people do stupid stuff. Man, I think about Moses in the Old Testament. Remember how God had told him one time, he said, I want you to strike the rock and water will come out. So he struck the rock and water came out. Then later they didn't have any water and all the people were grumbling and complaining. They were upset and Moses got upset at the people. He's mad about that or whatever. And God told him, speak to the rock and rock will, and water will come out. But Moses was so mad that instead of obeying God and speaking to the rock, what did he do? He struck the rock again and water did come out again but because he didn't obey God out of his anger what happened to Moses Moses didn't get to go into the promised land because of his anger a smart person who did something stupid because of anger what is the cost of our anger letter B anger will hurt our relationships we've all seen this before say things do things whatever that we do it out of feelings of anger we wind up hurting people that we love and who is it that we take our anger out on the most most of the time it's the ones that are that are the closest to us the ones that we love the most in fact proverbs 30 and verse 33 says as churning cream produces butter and as twisting the nose produces blood so stirring up anger produces strife i love the imagery in that in fact just look at your neighbor and just twist their nose and just no don't do that i'm just joking what would happen if you did that it would stir up some anger and some strife and some conflict and, it, and it's funny the way the Bible says it, but it's so true, isn't it? Like, it's like twisting somebody's nose. When we're, when we're constantly yelling at the kids or yelling at our wife or, or just taking our anger out on people that we love, guess what? In the end, it will cost us big time in our relationships if we don't learn how to manage this emotion, these feelings of anger. Letter C, look at this one, and this is the most important one. Anger leaves room for sin in our lives. Here's what happens with anger is that anger it, it almost always leads to something else. In fact, the scripture actually teaches us that anger in and of itself is not sin. Like earlier when I said how many of you have felt angry in the last day or whatever, you raise your hand, you know the feeling of anger, that's actually not a sin to feel angry. That's an emotion. God has given us those emotions. But here's the problem is that when we don't learn how to deal with this emotion, it can lead to sin. In fact, in the Bible in, in uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 26, it says, in your anger do not sin. So in other words, hey, you can be angry but don't sin when you are angry, and don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Everybody say foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. You know what that word foothold literally means in the Greek? It literally means an opportunity or a location or a room. It's basically like saying, hey, when you have anger, if you're not careful, here's what you can do. If you don't deal with it correctly, here's what it's like. It's like, it's like leaving the door open to your heart. It's like leaving the light on in the guest room of your heart so that the enemy can come in. Do not give the enemy a foothold in your life. In fact, James talked about it like this. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, that everyone 
one should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. If we, if we don't learn how to deal with this issue, this emotion of anger correctly, here's what it does. It leads us away from the righteous life that God desires for us to live. It leaves room for sin to begin to come into our hearts. So we have to learn how to deal with it. What do we do with our anger? In fact, if you're taking notes, that's the third one. How do I correct my anger? How do I deal with anger Correctly, Can it be managed? Can it be controlled? Well, the answer is yes. In fact, here's the thing that you need to understand is that anger is a choice. Everybody say a choice. It's a choice. I know. You say, no, no, no. I can't help it, Pastor. Like, they just make me mad. Anybody ever said that before? Like, I think I said it earlier in the sermon. Here's the deal. Nobody can make you mad. Nothing can make you mad. No, no, no. You choose to get angry. You choose to be mad. Oh, no, pastor, I just can't help it. You just don't know. It just runs in my blood. I'm Irish. I got red hair. My dad always got mad. That's just the way I am. No, 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 no. It's not just the way you are. You can control it. We do it all the time. I mean, you do it all the time on Sundays. You're out in the car, and you're yelling at the kids, mad and whatever, and you walk in, and you're all upset. And as soon as you walk in, you're like, hey, brother, how you doing? Praise the Lord. Right? You can control it. And the scripture teaches us how. In fact, the scripture gives us three things. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to delay it. Look, look what James says in James 1 and verse 19. It says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. And then look what it says right here. Slow. Slow to become angry. The Bible tells us that we should be slow to become angry. Here's a question for you today. In your own life, what does it take to make you angry? How long is your fuse? Are you quick to become angry? Or are you slow to become angry? I like this old proverb that says a small pot boils the fastest. And the truth is you can tell the size of your character by the length of your fuse. And the more you grow in the Lord the slower you will become to be angry. The more you grow in the Lord, the more patience you will begin to have. You see, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9, only fools get angry quickly. But in Proverbs 29 and 8, it says, wise people calm down their anger. The wiser I become, the more I become like Christ, the more I grow in my relationship with Him, the more patience I have for people and circumstances and situations. And the, and the, the greater I become in character, the more patient I will become with others. In fact, the scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. It says that love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. To see, the more I grow to be like God, the more I grow in His love, the more I grow as a disciple, the more I grow in my my character, then the longer my fuse will become and the more patient I will be with circumstances and people and frustrations and hurt and discontentment and all of those things that tend to steer me towards anger. I'm going to delay it. Letter B, write this one down. I'm going to dismiss it. 
See, not only am I going to be slow to become angry, I'm going to be quick to forgive. In fact, that's what it said right there. It says, love is not easily angered. And then, then it goes on and says, it keeps no record of wrongs. See, some of us, the anger is anger that we hold on to. You see, there's a couple different kinds of people when, it become, when you become angry. There's the, there's the spewers. Those are the people, they just get angry and they just, bah, just let it all out right then, right? And then, you know, five seconds later, they're okay and everybody else is messed up. But then there's the stewards, and some of you are like that. You're like, I don't have an anger problem. I don't yell at the kids. I don't get mad. I don't whatever. But what happens is that you don't spew it out. What you do is you just keep it down aside, and you just stew over it, and you just, and, just, and, just, and it goes on in your heart. And if you leave it there for long enough, and if you stew over it long enough, it, it transitions from anger to something much more ugly than that. It becomes resentment. It even becomes bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, and if you don't learn to deal with that kind of stuff, it will destroy you, and it will eventually destroy all the relationships of the people around you, and so the scripture teaches us, here's how we deal with anger, not only do we delay it, hey, I'm going to be I'm gonna be patient, I'm going to be slow to become angry, but I'm also going to dismiss it quickly, I'm going to be slow, or going to be quick to forgive when others hurt me, I'm not going to hold on to it, but instead I'm going to let it go, the scripture says, in Ephesians 4 and verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The Bible says here's what we're going to do. is We're going to bear with one another. There will be times when other people hurt us. There will be times when other people cause us to feel angry. There will be relationships and stuff that, man, it would be easy to carry resentment and anger and bitterness and hurt and frustration and even become unforgiveness in our life. But the scripture says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make allowances for people. I'm going to bear with others. I'm going to make every effort that I'm not going to hold on to anger, but I'm going to be quick to dismiss it. Ephesians 4 and 31 says, stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. What do we do with our anger? How do we correct it? We're going to delay it. We're going to dismiss it, but then let her see. I think this is the most powerful point of all, is that we're going to direct it. See, here's the truth here this morning, is that anger is an energy. And it can be directed either for bad or for, or for good. And so when you feel those feelings of anger, what do you do with it? You can take it and you can turn it and you can actually direct it for something good. In fact, there is actually something called righteous anger. We see this in Jesus' life. Some people go, well, Jesus never got angry. Well, no, no. If you actually if you study the scripture, you will see that Jesus did have times of anger. He never allowed his anger to lead him to sin. We know that he was perfect and sinless in every single way. Instead, when he felt those feelings of anger, what he did was he directed those anger, that anger in a righteous way. In fact, we see it in Mark chapter 3 and verse 5. We see it in this story of this man who was, who was crippled 
crippled. He had a, a hand that was crippled. And he comes to Jesus looking for Jesus to heal his crippled hand. But it was on the Sabbath day. And so the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they were looking to try to trap Jesus and try to get him to do something wrong. And because of the Jewish law, you weren't supposed to work or do anything on the Sabbath day. And so the religious leaders were looking at Jesus. Will he heal this guy on the Sabbath? And Jesus saw what was happening. And the scripture says that Jesus became angry about it. In fact, in Mark 3 and verse 5, it says, Jesus looked around at them and in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched out his hand and it was completely restored. Jesus took that frustration and that anger that was in his heart towards the religious leaders that day. He took it and he directed it in a righteous way and he used it for something good. We see it again in this story in Matthew chapter 21 where Jesus enters into the temple courts and he sees that the people there, the money changers there, are, have turned this temple courts into a market and that they're cheating people and they're overcharging people. And Jesus looks around and he sees it. And man, he becomes angry about it. In verse number 12 it says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. Jesus took his anger and he used it in a righteous way. What do you do when you are struggling with anger? You take that energy and you direct it. You turn it towards something righteous. What is it that makes you angry this morning? Maybe you look around and you see children without food. Get angry about it. Do something about it. Maybe you look around and you see abuse or you see neglect. Get angry. Maybe, maybe it's someone that you love that's following down the wrong path and you know it's leading towards destruction. Get angry, not at them, but at the situation. And use that anger to, to be directed in a, in a righteous thing. Maybe you're here. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe you need to get mad, not at your spouse. Amen. Maybe you need to get mad at the circumstance, at the devil, at the situation, and use that energy to begin to build a better marriage. Maybe your finances are struggling and spiraling out, spiraling out of control. Maybe you need to get mad about that situation and let that anger turn you towards getting on a budget, getting a better job, doing something to make a difference. Maybe it's a family member who's away from God. Maybe you need to let that anger towards that situation drive you down towards your knees to pray for that family member that doesn't know God. Maybe you see society going in the wrong direction and maybe it stirs up a righteous anger inside of you and maybe you need to get mad about it and not post about it on Facebook but get down on your knees and pray about it and begin to live the kind of life that God has called us to live and you take that anger and you direct it towards something righteous and good. What do we do with anger? Man, we're going to delay it, man. Some of, some of you, got problems with, you got problems with a short fuse, and it's causing you problems in your relationships, in your marriage, in your life. And you need to learn, hey, the more I grow and the closer I grow to God and the more that his love is in me, the longer and the longer my fuse will become and the more patient I will be with others. Some of you are here this morning and maybe bitterness and resentment 
has begun to set in in your life, the root of bitterness. You know, the root of bitterness begins to produce an ugly fruit in our life if we're not careful. And maybe today, maybe you need God to begin to come. You need to release those things and say, hey, I can't help but what somebody did, but I can help how I react towards it. I can help how I think about it. I can help how I think about them. And I'm going to release that. I'm going to give it over to God today. Some of you just, maybe you just need to start turning that anger towards something righteous and something good. Maybe, maybe the problem is you don't have a purpose. You're not living for a godly purpose, and so your direction is wrong. And so when stuff happens, when frustrations happen, when things happen in life, you don't have anything to keep your eyes focused on. Here's the deal. Hey, sometimes stuff happens to me. Sometimes, man, I you know, get frustrated or people hurt or say or whatever. And here's what I have to come back to every single time when that happens. Here's what I come back to is I have a purpose. I know what God has called me to do, and I know what direction I'm going in. And so I'm not going to get angry about all this stuff because I know that God is good, and he has something great for me. And I'm going to move forward in the purpose and in the direction that God has for my life. And maybe some of you, that's what you need here this morning.